0: As this book so clearly points out, your friends don't have to be exactly like you. In fact, some of the people who may seem the most different can be the people that you'll connect with the most. And just think, if we all connected with more and more people, that's like the Sesame Street song, right? If just one person believes in you, right? Hard enough and long enough, why not two and then more and more? And it can make the world a better place.
1: Hey everyone! I'm Bianca Schultz from the Children's Book Review, and this is the Growing Readers Podcast. Today's a really fun episode because I have a trifecta of guests for you. I have two Caldecott Honor Book winners, Molly Idle, and Juana Martinez Neal, and New York Times best-selling author Julie Fogliano. They're here to talk about their picture book collaboration, I Don't Care. It's a beautiful, lyrical story of friendship that has received multiple starred reviews. Julie Fogliano is the New York Times bestselling author of And Then It's Spring and If You Want to See a Whale, as well as Just in Case You Want to Fly, illustrated by Christian Robinson. Recipient of the 2013 Ezra Jack Keats Award and two Boston Globe Hornbook Honors, her books have been translated into more than 10 languages. Julie lives in the Hudson Valley with her husband and three children. Molly Idol's work as an author-illustrator includes the Caldecott Honor Book Flora and the Flamingo, Flora and the Penguin, Flora and the Peacocks, Flora and the Chicks, Flora and the Ostrich, and T-Rex, Camp Rex, C-Rex, and Santa Rex, among other books including Pearl, an original fable about a mermaid who learns the power of one small act. Molly lives with her family in Arizona. Juana Martinez-Neal is the author and illustrator of the Caldecott honor-winning book Alma and How She Got Her Name. She also illustrated La Princesa and the Pea by Susan Middleton Elia, for which she won a Pura Belpré Illustrator Award. Baby Moon by Hayley Barrett, Swashby and the Sea by Beth Ferry, and Fry Bread, a Native American Family Story by Kevin Noble-Millard, which won a Robert F. Seibert Medal. Juana Martinez-Neal lives in Connecticut with her family. Before I share this fantastic conversation, here's the synopsis for I Don't Care. Two Caldecott honorees and real-life best friends team up to illustrate a story of friendship from best-selling author, Julie Fogliano. Like the two stars of this story, illustrators Molly Idol and Juana Martinez-Neal know that differences only strengthen a good friendship. In this bouncy, rhyming story, two best friends think about all the little things that don't matter, and the big things that really, really do. Mostly, I care that you're you and I'm me, and I care that we're us, and I care that we're we. With each artist designing and drawing one character and collaborating on the scenery and details, Molly Idol and Juana Martinez-Neal transformed this sweet story into a celebration of friendship, including their own, and a unique artistic vision. Working remotely, they swapped drawings across the country using a limited palette of teal and yellow over graphite. As artwork passed back and forth between their mailboxes, childhood versions of each artist came to life and came together on the page into one unified creation. Award-winning author Julie Fogliano's rhythmic rhymes bring it all together expressing the unconditional love any best friend can relate to. Well, hi, this is so, so exciting because for the first time ever, we have not one, not two, but three guests on the podcast. So I actually have had Juana on before, and I've had Molly on before, but this is the first time we're having Julie on the podcast. So Julie, I want to start by saying a big welcome to you, first of all. Welcome to the Growing Readers podcast.
2: Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. As the words
1: of I don't care originated with you, I want to begin with a question directly for you. And I just want to know, first of all, what would you say drives you and guides you in writing for children in the first place
2: well let's see I mean there's the the most obvious which is just that I love writing in general um that it's just like the place where I feel like most myself most at home most comfortable and like most free if that's grammatically correct the freest I don't know you know what I mean (laughs) I feel much I feel free to, to like use words in a different way than when I'm actually speaking them. As you could see, I'm not like the most articulate speaker. But then as far as like specifically kid writing, I've always worked with kids, been around kids, got three kids. um. So kids have always just been a very big part of my my life. And it's there, I guess it's just like how authentic kids are. They're just, there's no, there's no nonsense. They they don't pretend for anyone, um. which is something that I always like, kind of strive for as it you know, just in my life in general, but also in my writing and that they tend to like be like little inspectors of the world, you know it's like they see everything almost under a microscope in a way that we don't. And so I I feel like that's like one little bit of myself that I really try to hold on to is the is just being able to like notice the little details, the things that often seem insignificant or um, mundane. You know, those are the things that really interest me. And that's definitely, I think that's why I like to write for kids because I think that they, they find those things interesting too. It's the, you know, it's the little details and it's like the little bits of life that matter most to me. So I like to take those things and kind of elevate them. Yeah. So I I guess that's, that's what kind of like you know, drives me to write for kids.
1: All right. Well, here's a question that's it's a personal question. So I hope you're all comfortable answering it. I know that all of us here today, we're all mothers. And I would love to know about the intersectionality of motherhood and work. And what does that look like for each of you? And Juana, I would love to start with you on this question. Like, how do you find that balance? And 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 what is it? What does it mean to be a mother and a mother working and and making it all work together?
3: I think, first of all, thank you for asking that because not even though it's such a big part of uh, what you know, women creators deal with every day. We don't talk about it, and that's, that's a terrible thing. I mean, we can't. We, I, I think we are part of our work. We, I cannot separate my work from my life, and for that, there's a big overlap. Whatever is happening in my life is represented in my work somehow. And then we're also, we also have parents, right? Elderly parents uh, that we need to take care of. So there's all these layers and different aspects of our life. We are not just the person who is, you know right there at the event talking about books we are so much more than that right we're multi-layered how do we manage i honestly don't know i am still figuring out that uh i fail miserably sometimes i succeed beautifully others and, and and in the middle of doing it i think we find our way and we each i think we each have, will find our own way. Dude, I would highly encourage for those who are uh, new moms or, or they are just starting to figure out how to balance those two different aspects of their lives. Do not, do not get the spread. You will find your way. You will find your own personal way of managing and balancing everything. And you know what the thing is? If something drops in the way, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Molly, how about you? Oh, Yeah, when Juana said, you know, I I fail spectacularly some days and like miraculously pull things off others. That feels like so true. And most days are like, maybe I pulled off some things and other things I dropped. And I, I remember thinking and asking similar questions, like when Juana and I first met, we both had very, very young children. My youngest was two months and Juana's youngest was one and I remember asking her, like, so how do you, how do you manage? And the idea that there's one right way to combine your like your parenthood and and your career now I now I just see that as like folly, right? Because it's this constant rebalancing like as you were asking the question, I I was thinking, I wish I like could say every day was like a Mary Lou Retton gymnastics routine, right? Like da, 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 and then you end up like you stick the landing, arms in the air, like that's just not it. Most days I'm like, ah, on the balance beam, just trying to stay on, you know, like <laughs> and it and it is this constant evolution. Some days work demands more, other days your family life demands more. But they I find that they both feed the other you know, like my, my, I know that like I changed on a molecular level when I became a mom and the way that I connected with my work was so much deeper than before I had kids. And And so I always try and remember that on days when I'm like,
2: (laughs) Julie, do you have something you want to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is certainly a topic that is very close to my heart. It's like, you know, I I mean, today, for example, I have three kids home from school on a snow day and it's like, oh, great. And I have to do a podcast. I'm like hiding in my bedroom where it's the most quiet spot I could find. Uh, So there's that just the simple fact of other humans always (laughs) being around. I don't have a studio or an office so I guess, I mean, it's a very complicated issue. I feel like in, in some ways it's really great because it forces me not to be too precious about my writing time because I have to be able to just kind of like fit it into the nooks and crannies of everything else. And I do have the luxury on like illustrators. Like I have the luxury of like not having to be in a studio, you know, like, and I with all of these, things that I need to use. All I need is me and my computer. And also I'm generally not on a deadline or working on a very long-term project like Juana and Molly do because like, you know, they start a book and they're, they're in it for months and months. You know, for me, it's generally, if I write a picture book, it's very quick. I mean, I write every day, but the actual act of writing a picture book, you know what I'm saying? It's that can often happen quickly. It's not like a drawn out process. So in that sense, like it's, it's allowed me to be like a lot more flexible about where I write and stuff like that. Like I used to think I, I needed an office and I needed a desk and I needed to be in the same chair every day. And now I realize, like, no, I will take what I can get. I will write at the kitchen counter next to a plate of cold scrambled eggs. I will write in my car. I will write in my bed. I will write you know, wherever, like I've literally hid in the bathroom before. So it's helped me just be flexible with it. It's also, and this is the most complicated part for me, is it makes me like now my writing time is like my time and it feels very luxurious when I'm writing. Like it feels like I'm doing something selfish because it's so, it's like really very joyful for me. So it, it feels like, yes, I am working, but like, I really want to be doing this and I really hope no one bugs me. And so then I feel it, it like is attached to like almost guilt because I'm like, well, I like this too much. This must not be right. You know what I mean? And so then I feel bad about looking constantly for writing times. So, you know, I'm sure that the therapist would happily go into that with me. But for now, it's just, you know, that's been the, the rough spot is saying, no, this is my job. And although my, I'm you know, obviously I'm a mom first, this is my job and it's okay for me to take that time. So that's been the challenge for me to work yeah. through that.
1: I'm nodding along. Everything you all said is just I feel like we can all connect and and identify with everybody's scenario there. So, Julie, let's stay with you. You said that you know, obviously you're writing every day, and then unlike the illustrators, sometimes the manuscript can come together quickly, but sometimes as a writer, I'm sure there's days that just the, the words aren't flowing. And so I'm really curious about I don't care because it is ultimately one long sentence with zero punctuation until you get to the final page and there is one period. So so what did your writing process look like for this? Did it come together really quickly and easily? Was it one of those lucky manuscripts that just worked or did it take some hashing out and lots of editing?
2: Well, this is a really good manuscript for that particular question because some of my other ones did pop out very easily almost completely in one sitting this one was the opposite this one um the original like the first little chunk the, the first few lines of it came out of a free write that i had done like i'm always like generally if i'm not working on a specific thing i'm free writing because like i i don't usually sit down and with an idea in mind like i usually i'm just like sitting down to write and i feel like just having that openness and like the lack of expectation for anything is usually when i'm most comfortable and generally most successful with it is when I'm not trying to write a particular thing. So I usually am free writing. And so in this case, those first few lines popped out in a free write, didn't really think much of it, went back, reread it as I always do with free writes. And like, you know, I look for the little nuggets of goodness in there. Like, is there anything that's speaking to me? Is there anything I want to like develop more? And in those few lines were definitely like, oh, okay. And so I took those lines out, put them in another document which is how i always do it and then i just like kind of went from there and pretty much that whole first section of the i don't care parts that all like kind of came out very easily like it was all very clear like i knew exactly what i needed to say there but at the time i didn't know where this book was going i didn't know what it was i didn't know what it was and i sent it off to um steve my agent who then sent it to neil and they you know neil loved it and he wanted it and he um I was like okay, great, you know, like, and he immediately was like, thought of of Molly as an illustrator, and we were like, okay, let's do this. But I still had a half of a manuscript, and it was literally years before I realized how I wanted to end the book, and like, because I knew that I couldn't just write a book of only what the kid didn't care about. I needed to also know I needed to write about what they did care about, and when you're thinking about what a kid cares about in a friend, it's like not as cut and dry. It was seemed very complicated. And I didn't want it to be overly sweet and cutie pie and like, you know, like too saccharine. So I really had to like dig in and think about what things really meant something to me as a kid. So that took a long time. So like, that was like a couple of years. I can't remember. Juana or Molly, do you remember what Neil said? How long it was? Like how many years when he finally got the other part? He's such a good email saver. I think he knew like down to the month, like 17 months later. or something. that. And and they both got the manuscript when it was not even finished, right? You both only, you got it when it was just the, the I don't care part. So you must've thought I was a very sourpuss of a person that I was only, I don't care what you think. Um. So yeah, so this was the opposite. It took a while. It took a long time.
1: And now like you've, you've taken this long time. You've got this, this story. It's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. And somehow you have so much luck because you have not one but two children's book illustrator megastars. <laughs> I mean, you have Molly and Juana, and I feel like it's a great story. And then when you add the artwork from Molly and Juana, the elevation, it just brings it to life with perfection. And kind, there's kind of like a special story about how it it came about to have two incredible illustrators. I don't know if you want to sort of segue into that, Julie, or if we want to pass it over to Juana and Molly. I just, I want everybody to hear that special story of how it came about.
2: Well, I guess it would be best to pass it on to them. You know, once I knew that, the, that Neil wanted the book, he had mentioned Molly and I was like, great. Of course, I didn't think that like there was a potential for not only a second illustrator, but for the, you know, for the other illustrator to be Juana. Like I, I didn't, that was not something that was possible, you know? So when that all came about, that was already, you know, out of my hands. And that was, you know, Molly's, you know, doing, so I'll pass it on to them. But all I can say about it is like, that was like the icing on the cake for me. I mean, I couldn't be happier with having both of these amazing, amazing illustrators.
0: Like Julie was saying, when, when I first saw the manuscript, it was the first half, the things about which, um, We don't care about. And uh, what I didn't realize was that Julie had written it, sort of intending it as a monologue, like one character talking. But when I read the first line that says, I really don't care what you think of my hair, I thought, oh, I... And you, so somebody is talking to somebody else, like one person talking to another. And as I read on, I realized, okay, these are people who are seemingly very different, but anticipating that there will be things that they care about that they have in common that are much deeper than these surface things about which they don't care. I thought, oh, so it's two people who who seem very different, but are really very much the same. And that made me think, oh, that reminds me of Lana and, and our friendship my gut reaction was, oh, I could could illustrate this as if it were Juana and I as as kids. We often say that we wish that we had met when we were younger, and uh, and this would enable that to happen. And then I realized, well, hang on, like, who am I to represent Juana's perspective about our friendship? Like, oh, surely you feel this way about me, right? You know, so I thought Juana needs to illustrate Juana. In, in this book. And uh, so I simultaneously sent an email and a text. I sent an email to Steve, who is Julie's agent and mine too, and said, what do you think? Do you think that Neil and Julie would be open to having a co-illustrator on this book? I think Wana would be perfect for this. And then I sent Wana a text saying like, hey, do you want to illustrate this book together? Um, I hope you think it's a good idea because I've already, you know, told some people I think so too. And... And then I thought, well, that is off my plate because publishing can move kind of slowly. So I thought, well, I'll have a few weeks before everybody figures out what they want to do. And that'll give Juana and I a chance to talk it over. But about 15 minutes later, I had an email response from from Steve saying, Neil and Julie think this is great. And I still hadn't heard back from Juana. So, um, so this is where I pass off the story to Wana.
3: Well, there's not much to add. I mean, I think, uh, no, really, there is a... But it's. I think it's worth mentioning that Molly and I we have been critique partners for about fifteen years. And when one of us receives a manuscript, as in, you know, would you like to illustrate this this book? Of course, we go by our gut reaction, like our personal, you know, reaction to the manuscript. But then we we tend to sometimes send it to the other one and say, how do you feel about this? And then. There are manuscripts that go, oh, I only see you doing this. They are just, this is absolutely perfect. That's a way to have a reassurance that, yeah, this is the right thing to do. This is the right manuscript. So when Molly gets this manuscript, I read it and I was, I loved it. I loved it. And the thing is, I loved Julie's writing for a very, very long time. So it was just, you know, another wonderful manuscript, right? Right. And then Neil was also, you know, the editor. So I I think it was an easy, very easy choice to make. I was very nervous, though, about working with Molly. Um, because we, even though we have been friends and we love each other, you know, the, the thing is we have never worked together this way. And this will mean every single step of the way we will be working together. And that made me really nervous, but I am, i I'm, I'm very anxious person. So it's just, it comes with the territory of just, you know, something new, but I, I am definitely glad that, you know, Molly had the idea and that this manuscript just existed, uh, uh you know, and. Julie wrote it. It was just perfect. I, it was truly, it was uh, such a delight to work on this book and it took, it was wonderful. But that's the story.
1: <laughs> well, I want to stay on the illustrations a little bit longer. Juana, you said, you know, you were nervous. How did it go? Was it fun?
3: Of course. Yeah. It, it, I think it's one of the most, it, it is the most fun I, I have ever had working on a, on a manuscript. And the thing is, when you're an illustrator, you work on your own. I mean, of course, there's the editor and then you bounce ideas with the editor and you bounce ideas sometimes with the author and then with the art director. I mean, there's that back and forth. But when you're actually working on the book, working on sketches or the actual artwork, you're on your own. And it's very solitary. It's very, I don't know, it's like you and the work. That's it. And then this one it was not like that. Every single step, we had to figure out how are we going to do this? (laughs) So it wasn't a chance to like, you know, talk, right, Molly? I think it was a chance to figure things out in our mind, in our brain first, and then share it with the other one and then find a way to make it work that was probably completely different than what each one of us thought, you know, would
0: be, you know, on our own. Molly? Yeah, I totally agree. It was so much fun. Not that I don't enjoy working on my own, but there's, I I have so much, like, there's always, like, this little bit of self-doubt, you know, you make a decision, and you hope that's the right decision, Um, Mm -hmm. even though one on our critique partners, and we do, like, we talk about a lot of stuff, you know, it's not like we're in, you know, like, we're showing each other every little thing, so there's always, when we work alone, so there's always this feeling of, like, gosh, you know, not until you turn it in. And even after you turn something in, you think, ah, oh, I wonder if I made the right decisions. And it was so much fun to have a, a person who was a constant partner in in this process. And every time we would wonder, one of us would wonder, is that working? You know, there was another person that had an equal stake in making sure that it did work and we could ask. And if it was like, no, then, oh, great. Then let's figure this out together. And if it was yes, then, uh, then it's two people feeling like it's working out. So we felt, I felt even more assured that we were making the right decisions. Also, we were making all of this art during COVID. So it was like such a wonderful way for us to be connected when we couldn't actually be together. The fact that we were talking almost every day and and sharing progress and working through things just helped us feel like we weren't so alone in a time when so many people were feeling so alone.
3: But yeah. I think there's one more thing. When we agreed to work on the book, to illustrate the book, we both lived in Phoenix. Uh, we were like 25 minutes away. So the plan was to get together physically. In Molly's studio or my studio and either sketch or paint, right, together. That was the whole idea. And that's what kind of like, I I think in some way reassured Neil, right? Like, okay, well, they'll figure it out. They'll be together. But then the pandemic happened. And and when that pandemic happened, my family, we moved to Connecticut. So now we are on the other side of the country, So that, that was something that happened right in the middle of making the book before we even started doing sketches. It was a change that, you know, happened, right? So I, And I think that really helped just make the book even better and, and make us think more
0: thoroughly before making any decisions, right, Molly? Oh, totally, because now there were logistics involved in, in making the art that hadn't existed prior to to the move but it was so much fun it really it did make us think like we had to think of like mediums that we could use that we could keep consistent despite the art not being all in one place at one time and how we could like most efficiently give each other work to do while still allowing like ourselves Mm -hmm. to work you know like figuring out how we could both work at at the same time, and what technique we would use. And what was so wonderful, I think one of the things I enjoyed most was um, sort of echoing one of Julie's beautiful lines from the book, you know, I really do care that you always play fair. We decided at the outset not to use any mediums that like we were best known for or most comfortable with. So Juan is an amazing painter. So acrylic paint was out. And, um, and I love my colored pencils. So colored pencils were a no-go. And we decided we had to like be on equal artistic footing. And so graphite we chose graphite and that's also something that travels well so it was like things just came together you know some projects you work on and you know there are always challenges but in in this instance it was one of those magical projects where every challenge that you meet every hurdle you just easily like jump over and it was so much
3: fun
1: color palette is really simple it's yellow teal and then the gray from the graphite pencil and i believe that the teal and the yellow come from being each of your favorite colors so does somebody want to speak about the color palette? and also in that response my my question is not going to be particularly articulate here but I believe that Juana tends to use like a little more texture. So like how did you sort of decide on the colors, combine it together, keep it so subtle and and simple and elegant and, and figure out how to blend your styles?
3: Yeah, I, I don't think that, ele- I mean elegance sounds wonderful. <laughs> and it's a you know, like gorgeous thing to so add and hear about your book, <laughs> but I don't think it was at all thought. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry I'm shaking my head no
3: back here but but it's but I love hearing that (laughs) Uh, so once again I think it was a matter of thinking there was so much thinking I I mean probably overthinking uh, but that's something Molly and I are very good at so (laughs) we were doing that while we were trying to figure out the book if we were going to only use graphite so we neither one of us will feel like don't know what to do with these media. Really. We both were very good at uh, we we're, we're, we love sketching and we're good at that. So it's it's a strong point of both of us. So that was the way to even the playing field. But if we're using uh, graphite, then the color of the paper was very important. It was a very important decision. We needed a color that was not white. Uh, that was a some sort of warm color. And then that's exactly what we chose. But on top of that, that will be as important as the teal and the yellow that we had because the paper was this warm cream color. Then we added the yellow for my favorite color and then teal for Molly's favorite color. Then the overlapping of those two colors when we are doing printmaking will give us a green, which was this third color. That's kind of how it went for like paper and printmaking. so what printmaking was a a way of adding color
0: to the work, and also a way that we could both consistently use color. Because I hadn't really thought of it until we started working together. But you know, when you see one of Wana's drawings, it's it's apparent right away. Oh. That's that's Juana's, you know, and, and if you see one of mine, it looks like something I've done. And the ways in which we use color are are different. And we needed a way to create a look that was as close to seamless as we could for us that the book be made by two people, because that was part of, you know, what made the story so special is these two different people who are really so very much alike. It was important for us to be able to combine our two very different styles into one that looked very much alike and so we needed to find a medium that would allow us to add some color but add it in a consistent way and it was one genius idea to involve lino cuts because we just decided we would use ink like straight from the tube so i find a couple really beautiful colors and and let the process blend them. And that was, it was so much fun for me. I don't know if it was fun for you on but it was fun for me. I hadn't done any printmaking since college. And so it was so much fun. And, and it's such a, like a immediately gratifying technique to work in because you roll it and then boom, there's this huge color field that you have. And, and it also let us work back and forth in a, in a way that we could anticipate the results before the other person had added their work to the drawing so if I did half you know and then passed it off to Wana, you know we could imagine like what that overlay was going to look like because we had had sampled it and we knew what the colors would do.
3: I have to say Molly had a lot of thinking and planning in the in how we we did all of these swapping and who does what and there were only four swaps and that's
0: pretty you know pretty impressive we really bring out each other's strengths Juana like it has such wonderful instinct when it comes to a direction that we should head and 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 if I had a strength it would be like the the planning of the implementation of that but what's wonderful is Wana will say like she can get so caught up that, you know, like in in the emotion of it, that like how it's going to get done can become problematic. And for me, I can get so caught up on like how we do something that doing it becomes problematic for me. And so it was so wonderful. We each were able to like bring out the best in each other and and help each other not only like follow that gut instinct, but then be able to like carry it through uh, in a way that made the work easier for both of us
1: yeah Julie you might be able to provide some some better words here but I feel like the story and and the essence like it does start off feeling like the I part that you mentioned like it's it's I but then it becomes the character you and so it is ultimately about being an individual but also coming together and and seeing the goodness in each other while respecting each other as individuals, and so ultimately, that sounds like what the art process became for both of you, and why the idea was genius, Molly, to include Juana. But Julie, would, do you feel like I've articulated that? Fine, it's your story.
2: Totally, <laughs> totally. I, I've you actually articulated it better than I could have because I've tried to think of how to say that. And you said it much better. Um, Yeah, it was almost like it was like a real life example of what the book was trying to say, you know, it was a perfect, you know, like, extra layer there. It was, you know, that's why I think of it as being like the cherry on top, because it was like, it took what I was saying and just made it deeper and way more real. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't now it's like, I can't even imagine it being one illustrator. I can't imagine it being one person. I mean, when I wrote it, I didn't have any idea who was talking. Neil always will ask me who's talking or who they're talking to. I'm like, I don't know. You know, it's like, I just like, I hear the words, I write the words, but I never have a plan for the words or I rarely have a plan. And in this case, I really didn't, I didn't know anything. And I was so glad that, that they knew that it was them (laughs) because Yeah. yeah, it just, it just really was just the most perfect, turn of the events the way it all went down one of those funny little things that you could never predict you, i would never thought to hope for such a thing you know honestly i mean who would who could dream of that
1: if you were julie to pick a favorite moment or a highlight from the picture book like is there a specific moment or illustration that feels like a favorite or a highlight to you
2: I just love that spread with the flower crown. It's really just like one of my favorites. I don't, it's just like the emotion on their faces and just, I don't know, just the whole thing. I just have loved that since the first, you know, since I first saw it, like that has just been my favorite spread. Like, I just, I love the details of it. I just, yeah. I just love it,
1: Molly. What about you? Like, it's been the highlight of of the book. Like, e- either like in creation or a
0: specific moment in the story. Oh my gosh, the whole thing has been such a joy. It feels really hard to pick. I I would say I would say I couldn't pick, but it that it really is the whole thing from the moment that the manuscript first landed on my desk to being lucky enough to have want to say that she would work on it with me to the way that it, it deepened our friendship and our professional respect and appreciation for one another. And then to get to meet Julie. And then when we met her like realizing, Oh my gosh, we're all three so much alike. I mean, and, and having so much fun, not just making the book, but then being able to do things like this and get together and talk about the joy of collaboration and making things together. It like, truly, the whole thing has been a joy.
1: Juan, I imagine you feel similar to Molly that just the yeah. the collaboration process has been a huge highlight for you. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's brainstorming
3: is just amazing. Even after when we were promoting <laughs> the <laughs> book, was a big puzzle to solve? And that's fun. That really is fun. I loved it. it I, it, it his book is really special to me, very, very special. yeah.
1: Right. So what impact do you all hope that this story will have on readers? Molly, I'm
0: going to start with you. What? Uh, well, first of all, I just hope they enjoy it. That's like the, the best part of any book, right, is that I would hope they enjoy it. But I think more than that, you know, when when I read it, and and want read it and especially when we got the full manuscript that that julie had sent we were both just crying and and we texted each other like it's us oh my gosh but of course julie didn't write it specifically for us you know that wasn't the case but i i suppose if i hope for anything it's that because we saw each other in it julie has written something so beautiful and universal that other people will see themselves and their
1: best friends in it too. Juana, what about you? What impact do you hope? I think um, I think
3: to, to for for the readers to value the importance of their own self identity, how it's so important that they accept who they are and they will be loved as they are, and then the fact that how huge relationships, like interpersonal relationships, are for everyone. Really, not only. The absolutely everyone and how they make us so much stronger and so much better. Yeah. All right,
1: Julie, you, you wrote the book, you wrote the words. So, so what impact
2: do you hope it has on readers? I mean, you know, I never go into anything with like an intention, like, oh, like, you know, I never want to be like, so on the nose with like a meaning or, you know, like because then it just, I feel like it's, it's not as much about enjoying the book as it is about getting the, you know the moral of the story which is so i try to just go into any manuscript as just like just having fun with it have you know enjoying writing it and just like putting these feelings um that is it's because that's usually where it comes from it comes generally from feelings it doesn't usually come from like a I want to express this particular, you know, like I don't have an agenda generally, you know what I mean? So it's like, so yeah, when I wrote it, I didn't sit down to think like, I hope that people come away with the, you know, understanding that you should just be yourself and people will like you, you know, even if they're not like you and, and just be your true self regardless. Like that wasn't my intention. My intention was if the kids are reading the book and enjoying the illustrations and I hope that. As a result of that, they also, somewhere in the back of their mind, do absorb the the idea that like there are things that just don't matter. They just don't matter as far as personal relationships. Like it doesn't matter, it doesn't make you a good person or a bad person or an interesting person or a boring person because of what you like and don't like. You know, the things a lot of things just don't matter. And I feel like so many little kids get that better than we do. But then somewhere in childhood all of a sudden that shifts. And I just like if kids or, you know, could hold on to that and bring that like understanding of like, this just doesn't matter. Like whether or not this person like looks like me or has a lunch that I find appealing, (laughs) that doesn't matter. Like if they could just hold on to that and just like walk through the world with that knowledge that like, it's okay. If not, everyone likes everything about you and vice versa i guess that's what i hope they take away from it
1: it is true like sometimes you're writing you're you're writing from a personal a personal place right and it doesn't have to a specific impact or meaning but once that story lands into somebody else's hands it it usually does have a meaning and it can be completely different to what you were feeling and processing as you as he wrote the book and i just think that's what's so special about story and particularly about this story because i feel like like molly said it as well so beautifully that you know, no matter what your background is, you could sit down and read this and see yourself with your BFF in it. And I think that's going to be so lovely and special for so many young readers. So I actually also believe that you have another book coming out, Julie, kind of perfect for, you know, Valentine's in the sense that there is a love theme, but it isn't a Valentine's
2: story. But yeah, it's funny. I never thought of Valentine's Day and this book together, but. Recently, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, like it has the word hearts in the title. That's kind of a no brainer, but it didn't occur to me at the time because it's not about, you know, romantic love in that sense. The book is called All the Beating Hearts and it's illustrated by Katya Chen. It's the book that I wrote during COVID. And it was really coming from a place of feeling very, like, kind of disconnected and isolated from, you know, my family, my friends, just kind of like people in general, obviously, as I'm sure we all felt. But then really getting this strong notion of like, Like that, we're just when you boil all the stuff down and all of those differences, like to piggyback off of, like you know, I don't care. When you boil us down, like really, we're just like all these kind of these hearts just beating into the, in the book. It's in the darkness, and that's all we really are. And like I just like had this moment of like, wow, like we really just, um, and especially in this time when we all were so vulnerable, like I just felt this awareness, and like if we can all be so aware of each other's heartbeat, then we would be so much better to each other, you know? So, yeah, it kind of came from a very feelingsy kind of place. I was, you know, we were all emotions, you know, especially during that time. And that's, that's coming out at the end of January. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited. It's a very different kind of book than I Don't Care, where I Don't Care felt so grounded in, you know, it was like a very tangible thing, I feel like, at least for me, it seemed a lot more tangible, where the other book feels very kind of like just, I don't know, just like a big... um, how do I even explain it? I don't know. It just, it was much more emotional, I guess.
1: Juana, Molly, do either of you have something coming up soon? I have,
3: I have two Alma board books coming out in September of this year. So that's coming.
0: That's fun. We all love Alma. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a new Flora board book coming out this fall too. So we're board book buddies too. Yay. (laughs) There can never be enough, Flora and Alma. That's wonderful. I
1: I hope you don't mind, but I, I want to gather together everything we've talked about today and use some words that you all shared with me individually ahead of our chat today. Julie, you've said that it's important that being your true self is one of the most important things in both
2: friendship and writing. Is there anything that you wanted to add to that? I mean yes I think obviously in friendship I mean no good friendship would be built on anyone trying to be anything other than their their true selves um and yeah it's definitely the same with writing because when you're a writer and you're or you're trying to be a writer or you don't feel like a writer yet um you know finding your voice is the challenge I mean that's what it is it's all about figuring out what you really want to say and how you want to say it um and there were so many years of me not writing as my true self, you know, I was writing as anyone I happened to be reading at the time, or what I thought I should be, or what I thought a good children's book would be, or, you know, trying to write characters that I thought would be something that would sell a book, but that had nothing to do with my heart, you know, it was just more like, oh, this is a, spunky character idea, you know, like, it's just, that's not, you know, and it, it just, it wasn't working for me. And it wasn't until I was like, you know what, I'm not even going to try to write anything for anyone. I'm just going to like write whatever I've got. And that's when it started coming. That's when I was like, oh, this is easy. And this is fun. And it feels good. And I sort of like it, you know, and it was like, building that confidence in that. Um, and, you know, aside from reading extensively I feel like those two components are are the two most important things if you are going to be a writer is you know reading as much as you can whatever you can and just yeah figuring out what it is you really are trying to say as the big picture not even on a book by book basis but like what you want to put into the world you know as a as a career you know like what yeah and and how you're going to say that i never thought i would be writing things that were considered like poetic I, that was never in the realm of possibility for me i didn't think like poetry like uh, you know but apparently that's that's how i write so was, you know that was a shocker Juana, you've articulated that
1: humans and our relationships matter so much and affect every aspect of our lives is there anything you want to add to that?
3: I think uh, who we are with, who we share our time with, gift our time to <laughs> matters, uh, and who we allow in our space, because it's a very. I, I I am a very private person, so and 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 I have a really hard time just talking to anyone. <laughs> I really do, so. At the same time, I'm very precious about my time because I have very little. And um, if we allow someone in, I, I think we're gifting them. And, and they are gifting us too. I mean, it's a, it's a back and forth. They, it's who we allowed in our lives changes who we are. I, that's what i I think that's where I'm going to leave it. Yeah,
1: Molly, you emphasized how much can be accomplished and how much fun can be had when you work together as
0: friends. I grew up, my dad was always saying, you can get so much accomplished if you don't care who gets the credit. Of course, I'm giving him credit for that quote, but <laughs> he wouldn't care. <laughs> but but I think that's true. You know, like it, it's, it's, you know, we can say like, oh, you know, it was, you know, it was my idea to have Juana, but without Juana there, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter whose idea it was. What matters is all the work that we all put in and, and the result. And that can be true of a picture book, it can be true of, you know, building a classroom or a community or a kinder world. Like we all just need to pitch in. And if you are doing that with a friend, um, it lightens the load for you both. And, and as this book so clearly points out, your friends don't have to be exactly like you. In fact, some of the people who may seem the most different can be the people that you'll connect with The most. And just think if we all connected with more and more people, that's like the Sesame Street song, right? If just one person believes in you, right? (laughs) Hard enough and long enough, why not two and then more and more? And it can make the world a better place.
1: Yeah. So, all three of you together, I hear bring more of yourself when you show up to the world. Bring yourself. You don't need to bring anybody else other than yourself. When you bring yourself, make sure that you're bringing yourself with people that are seeing you and honoring you for who you are. And then when you find that, do more together. And when you do more together, life becomes even more cherishable and beautiful. And I feel like collectively, that's what I took away from all three of you. On that note, I just want to say that we need to disregard the title of the book I don't care in the sense that I do care. I do care that readers go out and grab this book and read it because it's, it's gentle and energetic. It's caring. It's, it's loving. It's fun. And I'm just really grateful that all three of you got to work on it together and that we all get to read it. So thanks for being here on the show. And I hope that someday we all get to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for having us
3: yeah thank you thank
1: you thank you so much for joining us on this quest for growing readers be sure to check out our show notes you'll find links to order a copy of i don't care by julie fogliano molly idol and juana martinez neal if you like this show remember you can hear it on apple podcasts chromecast spotify or anywhere else you enjoy listening Subscribe to the show to get new episodes as soon as they launch. If you're enjoying our book chats, please leave us a review. And while you're at it, tell a friend to come and have a listen. The Growing Readers Podcast is a production of The Children's Book Review. To discover more fantastic books, I hope you'll visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com.